Hello, and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. It is time for some turning points in church history, and we are going to kind of leave the Reformation era where Martin Luther was the spearhead who brought together many things, um, including uh, love for the scriptures, um, translated from the original languages, and a real revelation of justification by faith as the starting point for the Christian life, um, which led to many uh, things happening at the same time in church history. We talked about um, the new Europe and how um, life was changing for all of Europe during this time. We also talked about the Catholic response to what was going on with the uh, revolving around primarily the formation of the Jesuits and the Council of Trent. So let's skip forward another hundred years or so to the birth of uh, pietism. Okay, pietism, that's the word P-I-E-T-I-S-M, pietism. So this is in a rather large nutshell what was going on um, in the Protestant world, um, the uh, passion that brought about the Reformation, the love for the scriptures, the, the fight for truth, began to crystallize and just became um, kind of shallow and often very uh, doctrinaire. What does that mean? It just means people thinking big thoughts for big thoughts reasons, maybe having big thought arguments and stuff like this. But, it, you know, the passion of the Christian life was being sucked out of the church. And, you know, this happens for a variety of reasons. Number one is that um, like bread left on the counter, moves of God go stale. And it's not it's not on God, but, you know, people get used to this new thing. When God does something, it's awesome and freeing. And then a generation or two later, it's the norm and people take it for granted. And what can often happen then in a denomination or in a church is that um, it's really easy to start putting people into leadership who are good at checking the boxes for your denomination or for whatever the move of God was all about, but they don't necessarily have the passion for Christ. They don't necessarily have um, a zeal for the truth. They just know, well, this denomination believes this and this and this, so I'll just go along with it. I've got no really real problem saying I believe those things, but um, your passion might not be there for actually Jesus as well as whatever the denomination or the move of God was doing. There's just, it becomes a passion-free zone. But because they tick the boxes, right, because they got their life cleaned up, um, they get put in places of influence and leadership, and so the church gets to go stale. And so what's happening in the Protestant world was uh, a lot of life was just revolving around doctrinal discussions, and the life of the church was disappearing. And so there was some responses to this, and the response mainly was coming out of Germany again. Very interesting. Um, The Reformation started in Germany, and the pietistic response to things getting stale in the church also came out of Germany with a, a couple of guys, I think his name was Spenner, who um, just put forward this work saying, you know, um, Christians should be um, spending more time in the scriptures. They should be meeting together to care for one another. And he had this whole list of, again, a reformation that needed to happen going back to the scriptures and a a real life of devotion for the Lord. And um, there was a few 
pietistic movements that came out of this time. One of the famous ones was the Moravians, who were a group of people who I think were fleeing some kind of persecution and end up, ended up with this guy named Count Zinzendorf. And they were famous for their nonstop prayer meetings, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, prayer meetings for world evangelization. And I, as I remember it, their slogan was um, that the lamb would receive the reward for his sufferings. So that was their passion, that um, these people would would so pray and so reach out and so serve in missions that Jesus would get the reward for sufferings, which is the nations. Well, these Moravians ended up on a boat with a young man named John Wesley. Uh, John Wesley was a uh, a preacher who um, was growing up in England, and things had gotten fairly regimented in England. I think um, one of the things that was talked about in the book was that it was actually against the law to preach outdoors or something like that, you know, because the state wanted control over who was preaching. There was a lot of denominations where you needed a license to be a preacher. Um, It's like what we would say ordination, except with the government involved. And so he started preaching out of doors and he had this really strict life and which they called Methodism, which, you know, they were trying to be really devoted and committed to the Lord. And John Wesley went to America to try to serve the Lord there, and it didn't really pan out. But I, as I understand it, on the boat ride back, he met with these Mor- Moravians who were doing a scripture study, and he felt like his heart was strangely warmed, he said. So there was something happened where the Holy Spirit came and really convicted him of the truth of scripture, of that he was a true Christian, of the Father's love, the gospel essentially, which really changed his life. And this became a huge part of his ministry, this seeking, um, preaching for people to have a real life impacted by Jesus and have a life of service to him, not as some God out there, but as a God you know. And this is kind of the heart of pietism. It comes from piety. It means like a life where you're really living out devotion. You're praying, you're singing, you're, you're, you're doing the work from the heart. That's the big idea with pietism, that you have this life with God that is emotions full, full of love, full of devotion, full of the whole thing, and not just a big head exercise doctrine and... Um, Uh, and arguments. And those things are good. You know, someone has said before that church history kind of swings between the two, where whether it's, you know, we swing between the head and the heart, the head and the heart, and um, either one can get out of whack. And John Wesley uh, became um, a super prolific preacher and church planter and society planter in an age of major giants of the faith. Um, so there was lots of preaching going on in the States. Uh, this was one of the awakenings was happening there, which is massive revival and massive turning to the Lord. And, and he was kind of famous for, for being willing to use anything for the service of the gospel. He didn't invent a lot of stuff, but he absorbed a lot of stuff, which included, um, you know, midweek meetings, um, not doing ordination. So anybody who was good at preaching, he would help them do it better, uh, preaching out in the woods, um, forming societies for Christian causes. Instead of having everything go to the church, he would form people just to do their own thing. So he, he would just was willing to do anything for, um, for Jesus, which is kind of part of what the modern evangelical life is like in North America. You know, it, it's, you're usually involved in a cause or this is our life that you're involved in a cause or two, or you give to world vision or something like this. And, uh, 
So he, he parachurch organizations, if you want to call it that, proliferated um, in part because of him. And also, he's really well known for his brother's hymns. Charles Wesley wrote hundreds of hymns, and he said that he usually would just set to music whatever John was preaching. But this was a, a major phase of Christian history, and part of what was going on during this time was that the Bible was ending up in people's hands more and more. Um, with Bible printing and these midweek meetings, the Bible was ending up in more and more people's hands, which led to a few different things. So more people had access to the scripture. Um, Bible study became less and less about a group of people talking about scripture together and more and more about people individually reading the scriptures. And that also led to the proliferation of denominations. So John Wesley said he didn't want to form his own denomination, but that's what ended up happening with the Methodists. And during this time of pietism and the growth of the evangelical movement, you have more and more, you know, churches doing their own thing because they've got their Bible in their hand and they like the way they're interpreting it and they're going to do their own thing. So this was a, kind of a next major phase of church history, the major impact of pietism as uh, people were responding to deadness in the church, as well as a proliferation of um, different ways of doing church as the denominations had were kind of less central and people were doing their own thing, whether it's forming new churches or taking part in Christian enterprises, pietism.